after investing hundred thousand of dollars, million dollars, you're not gonna. And then after a couple of year, a government gonna come in or any sort of department gonna come in, shut off your water, which is really you need to be a farmer to grow your crops and all that. If everything will be gone, then what a person gonna do? Of course, there will be no point to live, right? Mm. If everything is gone. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real People podcast. I'm Dylan Honkoop, and this is my personal journey all over Washington State to get to know the real people behind our food. This week on the podcast, we talk with basically an almost brand new farmer. He's been doing it for a, a year or so, and he's got big plans, but he's in a crop. He's growing a crop that takes a long time to realize all that you've invested into it. It's blueberries. Jagwinder Gill, right here in the county where I live, just got to know him, and he's rekindling his family's passion for growing food. It's way back in his family's history, but you'll hear about that. Uh, and he's bringing it back, and he's very passionate about what he does. He's also very outspoken about some water issues that the local community here is facing so enjoy this conversation with Jagwinder Gill, a blueberry farmer in the Everson, Washington area. Also, thank you to our sponsors, Mana Insurance Group. You can check them out online, manainsurancegroup.com. They're all about planning ahead, uh, preparing your financial well-being uh, for whatever could happen in the future, rather than waiting until something happens, uh, have the, the tools in place to protect your family. That's what they do at Mana Insurance Group with locations here in Washington, as well as in California and Arizona. The Dairy Farmers of Washington support the podcast as well. You can find them online at wadairy.org. We appreciate their support and their uh, work constantly to be sharing the stories of the real people uh, producing dairy products here in Washington State. That's what they do as well uh, at the Washington Dairy Farmers Organization. You can check it out, li- out online again at wadairy.org. Um, also, Williams, powering your clean energy future and supporting our podcast with a community grant. Thank you to them, as well as the Washington Red Raspberry Commission. Washington Red Raspberries has uh, been a, quite the roller coaster uh, ride of a harvest here in the raspberry world. So, you know, we haven't had any raspberry farmers on of late because they're very busy right now. But soon I'm sure we will be having them on to hear about the highs and the lows of the uh, Washington red raspberry season. So look forward to that. Again, we're going to Everson now to talk with Jagwinder Gill and uh, hear about his foray into blueberry farming and all that he's learning and all that he's passionate about. So talk about what kind of food you grow. You grow blueberries. Yep, blueberries. How did you get started doing that? Uh, my uncle, he's in farming for past uh, 2002 here. And um, yeah, I've been driving semi-truck as well yeah. since 2010. And uh, so last year, um, to be very frank, I was trying to move to Philippines. Mm. Yeah, couldn't do much because of the COVID thing, you know, right. everything was going in loss. And um, apparently my uncle told me why not to get involved in farming. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, by God's grace. And then uh, last year we got this field, this parcel. And then, yeah, we've started uh, planting some blueberries. Yeah. And um, my dad, uh, my parents, uh, basically, we have uh, we've been in farming in for past decades in India. 
Okay. Yep. yep. So in India, what kind of farming did your family do there? Uh, pretty much wheat and rice. Okay. Yep. That's the more often uh, people do over there. Yep. Yeah. What yep. part of India? Uh, Punjab, northern India. Okay. Yep. So when did your family come here then to farm? Uh, my dad, he moved in, uh, actually, he moved out of India in 1985 to mm. Philippines. And mm. I born in India, but I grew up in Philippines. So okay. I've done my schooling and everything in Philippines. Right. So my uncle, who used to live here in the United States, so he call, invited us here through, you know, all legal procedures and yeah. all that. And yeah, we moved here in 2008. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, first we moved in Fresno, California. Yeah. And then uh, we have a relative here in Blaine. They invited us to move to Whatcom County, gave an eye on here, and then we moved here in 2008 and then <laughs> never want to go again. Yeah, yeah. I, I love uh, the greenery here, greenery yeah. here, yep. Yeah, what, what was that like moving to this place? You know, I've lived here my whole life, but you grew up in the <laughs> Philippines. Uh, like here in the United States, well, um, to be very frank, I always wanted to be a pilot. Mm. And uh, so, of course, aviation industry in the United States and FAA, they, they, they do really good job yeah. worldwide. So I wanted to get my license and everything from here. And apparently, uh, in 2008, when we had a really bad uh, financial crisis, a lot of school filed bankruptcies too. And then I got admission in one of the uh, name was American Aviation School in uh, at Water, California. Okay. And I got an email, hey, sorry, we got bankrupt and all this. So... I was sitting home for like two, three months and uh, didn't know what to do. And yeah. uh, one of my uh, colleagues told me, why not get a CDL? Yeah. Start driving a semi. So, yeah, since that, I've been driving semi. And then, uh, yeah, just, uh, I mean, since that, when, uh, you know, I moved here, just didn't want to go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And plus, yeah, I love Whatcom County, the way we have the environment-wise, greenery we have, and then all the community people here, yep. Yeah, and there's a really strong Punjabi community here locally, too. Oh, yes, yes. So did you already have family here when you came? Uh, not here in Whatcom County in Canada, yes. Oh, I Canada. do have some relatives. Yeah, but we have some relatives here in Whatcom County who really wanted us to move here. And then, yeah. Awesome. So it's nice to be a part of that community still, yeah. <laughs> even moving to a totally different part of the world, I would oh, imagine. Yes, yes. So talk about the process. You said uh, somebody, your was it your uncle or something said, um, get into farming, have grow blueberries. How, how, oh, did, yeah, how yeah. did that happen? Explain, tell the story. So yeah, basically, um, me and my wife and for my kids, we applied visa for Philippines, and mm -hmm. COVID came in. All the flights got shut down, and I start by that time I was working for FedEx. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I sold my semi because I was really ready to move out of you know. And then I uh, just want to start something in the uh, Philippines. Mm -hmm. And apparently, uh, one of our family friend uh, told me, hey, I got uh, some parcel that I can show you. And uh, we just, we, when we came here, like, we say love at first sight. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yep. when I saw this parcel, I was like, yeah, it's great. And then the price was reasonable and everything was great. Yep. And then, um, yeah, we just started by that time. And then uh, uh, some of my friends, they kind of, you know, told uh, who help us to get ready, feed, or get, who gets really field ready for blueberry yep. and all that. And, yeah, we just, um, yeah, I mean, by that time, yeah, just, uh, and I love doing blueberry farming, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I always wanted to be a farmer here, actually. Yeah, yeah. Cause Why? We, Why do you like farming? Uh, I would say it's in blood. Yeah. <laughs> in every Punjabi, yep. Yeah. Yeah, farming is in, in blood, yeah. yeah. Even my cha son, he's four-year-old, he loved to be here always in the farm. 
He loved tractors. He loved all the implements and everything, yeah. It's in my blood, too. It must be. <laughs> it's a Dutch thing and a Punjabi thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, uh, in Punjabi, yeah, every pretty uh, 80% or 90% Punjabis are farmers. Yeah. Yeah, because our parents, grandparents, grand-grandparents, they've been farming for decades, yes. Probably farther back than you can track, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, in 1947, that's the year when... Um, we got uh, our independence from British uh, yeah. colony. And uh, even before that, all the Punjabis were in farming. Yeah, There's so much food that's grown there and such a huge population to oh, yes, support. Yes. Too. And the main thing is this, um, like we get uh, all the produce and fruits pretty much from California. That's how Punjab is. Mm. The soil of Punjab, it grows a lot of things. Yeah. You can do any type of farming you want to do. Like main crop is wheat and rice, but a lot of people are doing vegetable farming, yep. fruit farming. There's they've started dry fruits too. Yes. So you had you said friends and family who could help you kind of get the land prepped, and then you planted blueberries. Talk about going through that process. What was that like? Getting this whole field planted. Ah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Uh, when starting, like switching from a semi driver straight to a farming thing. <laughs> Yeah. It is hard because yeah. in trucking, we just sit and drive. Right. Here you do a physical work. Yeah. And uh, yes, it is a tough work, but uh, day by day you learn everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you had good teachers. Oh, yes. Did, did When you were a kid, were you around farming at all, like in the Philippines and stuff? Uh, to be very frank, no. When I was a kid, oh. I really didn't do any farming because I was just only seven years old when I moved to Philippines. Yes. And my parents, they were doing a financing business in Philippines. Okay. And... Uh, so, yeah, they were main in their business. I was just in my schooling and my college stuff. Yep. So talk about the process with getting a blueberry field started. It takes a while, right? And you got to get, I mean, we can see behind us here the, the plants and the irrigation. Yeah. And all the plants have a carton around them to protect them as they grow. Talk about everything that you do. Um. So, yeah, I mean, if we'll from the scratch... So, yeah, my uncle uh, helped me to get in touch with a person named Wayne here in Linden. Mm -hmm. So he does uh, everything like getting the land ready for berries and do yep. this healing and all that. Yeah. Basically, yeah, my uncle, he he's the one who helped me to get in touch with Wayne, get in touch with farmer's equipment with Jason. Yeah. So Jason, help, Jason is helping me for the irrigation and all that process get oh, done. Nice. Yeah. And then for blueberry plants, I got this plants from Oregon Blueberry mm. Nursery. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty new variety, Calypso. That's Calypso, pretty, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much everyone is, uh, you know, putting right now as of uh, new farmers, startup and all that. Yes, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> and uh, my agronomy people, they're helping me to do all the fertilization, chemigation, and then herbicide stuff and all that, yes. Mm -hmm. So... Just to back up a second, Calypso, it's a new, newer variety. Talk about why is it supposed to be good? Um, it's a hybrid variety. It is uh, produced by University of Michigan. Okay. And um, as, as per my knowledge, uh, what I've uh, heard and uh, my dad's friend, they're saying uh, Calypso going to take the market for the upcoming years mm. because from the, the breeding of that plant is gotten from really good varieties. And then uh, they're producing much fruit, uh, good quality, taste, and everything. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, all of those factors come in, in you know, you want to get a lot of fruit. It's yes. got to taste good. Oh, yes. And then the plant has to be hearty and healthy and not have 
issues oh, yes. in the kind of soil that you have. And uh, yeah, based on my research, it's going to take over the fresh market as well, based on the production and then the quality it produces, yes. So are you planning to go to the fresh market or the frozen? I'm planning to go to in the fresh market, yeah. for sure, yes. So will that will you harvest with a uh, machine or by hand? Uh, for um, Well, basically this year, I'm not going to get any fruit. Yeah. And then even next year too. And then uh, after two years, I mean this and next year, it's going to be handpicked for a year or two. Yeah. And then by that time, the plant will be bigger. And then, yeah, the machine can go in. Yeah. Yep. So you planted these last year? Yeah, last year okay. in September. So it takes, what, three, I'm trying to remember, three or four years until you really start getting Yeah, at least something. three years, yes, yes. And then it still takes a few more years until the plants really get big and oh, yeah. produce a lot. What I've heard and then based on my knowledge, it takes about seven or at least eight or nine years to go to the full production. Yeah. Yep. Like I was telling you earlier, I grew up in red raspberries. Well, that's just one year, <laughs> you know, which is still kind of scary because you plant and then you got to sit and watch them for a year and yes. get them grown up and then you can harvest. But I can't, oh, yes. it always, I would boggle my mind imagining, you know, putting in a field like this and putting in all the work and all of the investment and having to wait that long. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it could, is like, really big investment. And then yeah. plus uh, everything goes out of your pocket. Yeah. 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 What's that been like? Is it kind of it's hard. scary? <laughs> it is hard. Yes, I would be is. scared. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just because it's like, I hope this works. It's worked for other people. The only people, thing but a person uh, gets really good strength to do that big investment out of pocket, because when we look at the plants, that's our future going to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that kind of gives you a peace. Yeah. Peace to... of mind. Much power. Hey, yeah. Because I was noticing uh, last year, the plants were like not even a foot tall. Yeah. And then when we prune this year... Uh, it was only uh, if we, I mean, in fe- March or April, it was all cartons in the field. There wasn't any leaf or anything. When so I they're saw growing them, well. Yeah, when I saw them, you know, they started to grow and all that. I was, I was, I mean, it is really nice, happy feeling, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're l- seeing what you're investing, and then it is growing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the part that's in the blood, right? Oh yes. When when that happens, yeah. it's like ah, I'm growing Cause something. Because they're part of family now. Yeah. <laughs> I right. always tell my wife, don't think that we only have two kids. We got 40,000 kids in the farm <laughs> right now, right? <laughs> Which we have to take care of as well. Water them, feed them. Yep. 40,000 kids. That's yep. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're waiting for these, what do you do for the you know, rest of this year and into next year? What, what can you do while you're waiting? Just keep the water going? Water, fertilizer, and uh, do herbicides. I try to protect them as much as I could protect them from gr- another portion of like weed growing, grass mm-hmm. and all that. I try to keep them clean as much as I could yeah. and feed them as much as I could. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that's why they're growing so well. Oh, I'm yes. Sure. And uh, I am trying because uh, as, even as of right now, I drive semi full time. Yeah. And then um, when I go home, when I get back home. So, well, basically, I'm always four or five days out of town. And then... Uh, yeah. When I get two, three days here in town, then all of my days goes in the field. And then so, I start like six in the morning till eight or nine in the night or until we don't get the sunrise. <laughs> oh, when sunset. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't go home till that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're still driving full time long haul? Yes, I'm a long haul. So wh- what do you usually haul and, and where do you go to? Uh, California, Arizona, Nevada, pretty much Midwest. Yeah. Yes. And what kind of things are you hauling? All kinds of different things? Or uh, before I used to drive a reefer. 
So at that time I used to do produce and everything. Right mm -hmm. now I do dry freight. Yep. What was that like hauling produce? I mean that's that's also connected to the food system and farming and all Oh yeah, that too. I've done uh, produce work for um, eight or nine years, and at that time I used to haul for Canada. I've done so many loads to Canada. Uh, even if I count my miles, I would say I've completed at least a million mile. Wow. Yeah. Do you like that? Well, truck? <laughs> if the pocket is empty, you know, yeah. <laughs> every work, every job is good. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. true. Yep. And a lot of people have found that too because there's kind of a shortage of truck drivers, right? Yeah, there. Well, yeah, there is. Well, the main reason of being in trucking, again, I mean, my family. So I mm. always tell my wife, take good care of kids and I'll do my work to help everything, mm. right? By money wise, financial needs, and everything. So, because. What I think, or what I would say every Punjabi thinks, our kids, they're our future. Yeah. Yeah, because it is, a, like, I've, I've, uh, I've inherited a lot of things from my parents. So I want those things go to my kids too as well. And then my, of course, as a father, I would love to see my kids passing those things to their kids. Yeah. Yep. And that's what farming usually is too. Yes. As farms go from one generation to the next. Yep. But you're starting new. Ah, uh, here, you're yes. You're starting a, a new <laughs> legacy for your yes. family. Yes, yes. What do your parents think of all of this? Ah, uh, my dad, he's really happy since we got this farm. And then, uh, well, even my parents, they want me to do something local instead of driving semi every right. time. I mean, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, too, there will be a time when my kids will be bigger. And they, want, they will want me to stay home with them, of course, right? Yeah. I can't be out of my house every time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there yeah. are certain times when kids need you. Kids need their father, right? Yes. So totally. How many kids do you have? I got two kids. Two kids. Yep. How old? Uh, my daughter, she's uh, seven, turning eight. Yeah. And uh, my son, he's four. He's, yeah. he's turning five by the end of this year. So it's a busy house. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your, your son already wants to be a farmer. Oh, yeah. What about your daughter? Uh, she she like loves farm? farming too, yes, yeah. yes. Yes, but she's more into trucking because she's seen me driving semi and all yeah. that. Yep. Oh, does she want to be a truck driver when she grows up? Well, um, what as of right now, she wants to be a police officer. Oh, really? <laughs> she wants nice. to be yeah. get involved in law enforcement. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And my son, uh, he changes a lot of his mind because he's <laughs> <laughs> again four years. Yeah. Sometimes he wants to be a farmer. Sometimes he wants to be a trucker. <laughs> or sometimes he wants to be a joint firefighting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So your your family's pretty happy about you being in farming and being close to home. I would imagine your wife is glad when you're closer to oh, home yes, too. Oh yes, yes. Because I mean, um, since 2011 uh, or 2011 or 10, my dad he's been looking he he he's been looking farms. He mm -hmm. always wanted to be get involved in that. So you said he was in business and finance and stuff. Yeah, he do. He, they have a, basically a business of finance in Philippines as well, okay. which has been taken care by my mom as yeah. of right now. My dad, he's in the field right now. He's uh, doing some work then, and uh, he and he always wanted to be involved in farming because yeah. I mean, you know, there are some age when parents, of course, even me as a child, I want them to be sit and take a nice rest, right? Because yeah. what I have, it's because of them. Yeah. I suppose he grew up farming then too. In is that what you're saying? When he was a kid in oh, yeah. India, he, he was yeah, he's farming. Yeah, he farming. Yeah, yeah, he've he've done farming. I would say for past uh, in his life, probably for thirty, forty years. Yes. And so he's back in the field where he feels comfortable. Yeah, and he loves he loves it. Yeah, 
He loves to do farming. Yep. Awesome. So in the meantime, you have to wait for all of these blueberries to grow up and yep. then get ready to harvest. Yep. What are your concerns in the meantime? I know there are a lot of pressures that you have to face doing this kind of farming. To be very f- frank with you, by God's grace, I really don't have any concern at all. Yeah. Because as a person or as a farmer, what I'm trying to get from my plants, I'm looking, they are responding the way I wanted them to respond. Yeah. Their growth. Um, I mean, uh, I've, uh, I mean, there's no wood. Otherwise, I would knock on a wood. <laughs> I got 40,000 plants. Yeah. They planted last year. Not even a single plant has died. That's impressive. Yeah, not even a single plant has died. Yeah. I know in my dad's many raspberry plantings over many years that it never happened with those. Yeah. I don't know. About, maybe blueberries don't do that as much, but I know there's usually a lot of transplanting I'm and sure filling. Some people will think uh, what I'm saying because when I'm alone in the field, I do talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that you're not the only person I've heard say yeah. that. <laughs> I do talk to them, yes, and uh, some of them, uh, uh, I always try to figure out names. But again, it's hard to figure out a forty thousand names. Otherwise, I would have called every single by a name, right? So, what, what do you tell them? Come on, grow faster! Yeah, <laughs> and then you uh, can do it. I always watch their color, so mm, yeah. to figure out what they really need if they are. Thirsty, they need water, then I just, you know. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's just a family thing, right? You you learn every day. You learn every day. And then, uh, luckily, the agronomy guy I'm working with, Jose Rivera from Mm -hmm. Skagit Farmer Supply. Mm -hmm. I know him. Yeah, he is a really good guy. He is a really good guy, yes. He helps me a lot in everything, yep. He's a really smart guy. Yeah, he is really smart, yep. Um, As far as keeping them watered, do they take a lot of water or not much or what? I don't know. Huh? How much water blueberries take? Um, 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 that's a good question. But if you'll ask me by gallons, I never counted yeah. them. Oh uh, yeah. But every single zone, yeah, I do water it at least one and a half to two hours per day. So mm-hmm. as of right now, I got thirty acres planted, mm-hmm. and I got nine zones. Mm-hmm. One zone is about three and a half to four acres. Right. So yeah, I basically what I do when I start watering, I always watch the top. If they're pretty wet, then I stop. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is a really efficient system then to do it that way. Oh yeah, drip system. Yeah, it is really efficient way because when you turn on the turn on the well, uh, the motor, when the water comes into the drip tubes or drip tapes, they only fall down by a single drop, right? So a drop second, every second a single drop. Yep. So you're not putting on too much, and it's not. Not a lot of it is evaporating, like if you had to put a big sprinkler up or something. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the other thing I do, I always water them at night. Mm-hmm. So you don't lose as much Yeah, so in that way, I don't have to waste or, uh, you know, sp- uh, spend more water. In that way, when I do that at night, the soil holds the moisture the most instead of watering at the daytime. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, by the, this weekend, we're having 100 degree Fahrenheit, right? So what I was uh, planning, yeah, I'm going to water every single day, but every night instead of the day, yeah. just to hold the moisture as much as I could. So what about the future of water? I know there are concerns about it here in this area, about whether there will be water available. Yeah, I've are read worried? so many things. Yes, I am so much worried about it because, again, that's the thing. Um, I've started last year. I've invested all my savings and everything even my parents they're helping me a lot to do the investments and all that so after investing that much money out of pocket and then 
a department suddenly gonna come and then they're gonna say hey you cannot water i mean of course that's not good they should think about this thing again as we were talking before off the camera whatcom county is one of the largest producer of berries in the world if they shut off the water whatcom county gonna lose that badge or that status mm -hmm. by the world right and uh, we have so many brother and sisters from canada who are farming here in whatcom county too yeah and um we are producing so much berries out of Western Washington. And I think the government should think positively for that to save the farmer. I'm not against of any other community, but mm -hmm. I would say government should think something instead of being a political statement or be play politics. They should think to save every single community instead of just focusing mm -hmm. on votes and all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you think the solution is? Can there be a solution? Well, yeah, there are so many solutions if they would, uh, if the government wants to, because first of all, every single person pays so much taxes. I mean, we can't say the government doesn't have money, right? They can build up more reservoirs. Because yeah. if we will talk about the fish, let's mm -hmm. say, just an idea. So I drive, I drive, again, as a driver, a commercial vehicle produces more pollution, not a farmer. Yeah. Because first of all, we got a drip system. We only put you know, when we turn on the water, it goes by drop. Yeah. We are not um, just, you know, throwing out the water very often and all that, right? Yeah. So they can't say that. Um, I don't think it's a applicable thing. They will say if they will shut off the farming water, it'll increase the water level and all that. Of course, it's not going to do anything at all. Well, and then the other thing is this. Let's say if the government shut off the water, if they will save the water. But other, in other hand, they're losing so much businesses. Yeah. Again, it's going to hit the economy, all the financial stuff in the, you know, the sure. taxes everyone pays and all that. A lot of jobs going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens to all the farms? You yep. know, what, what would happen to your farm if you couldn't get water anymore? Yes. I mean, again, yeah, the plant's going to die, start dying. And then, of course, there won't be anything, right? Everything will be gone. Yes. So you would be out of business without yes. water. Yes. What would you do then? Then probably the next part for that, I don't think... Uh, in India, to be very frank, a lot of farmers, due to that thing, they've done suicides. Wow. Because, again, that's the thing. After investing $100,000 of dollars, million dollars, you're not going to... And then after a couple of years, a government going to come in or any sort of department going to come in, shut off your water, which is really you need to be a farmer, to grow your crops and all that. If everything will be gone, then what a person going to do, of course. There will be no point to live, right? If everything is gone. Oh, I can't imagine going through that. Explain yep. what's happening in, in India and in Punjab right now. Right now in India, well, basically the government we have, uh, which is Narendra Modi, the Prime Minister of India as of right now. So he he wa he's trying to bring everything under private sector. But the problem is he's only focusing on two companies, which is um, owned by Ambani and then the other one is owned by Adani. So even, uh, and then um, the, as of right now, there is MSP, which is, uh, you know, there's a price that is a minimum sale price set by the government that a farmer will expect at least what to get, right? And if everything goes under private sector, then yeah, everything will be gone over there too. Because government is not providing any type of subsidy. There's no guarantee what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. They're trying to take over all the fields and all that. Yep. Do you have a lot of family there still? Oh, yes. Farming? And then uh, we have farm over there, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So what's yes. happening with that? What, and what, what's as your family right, saying? 
Well, it. even my dad, uh, yeah, he is against of those uh, new laws they're trying to bring in. And yeah. uh, as of right now, everything is still going in a proper way, mm-hmm. but the protest is still on. And uh, the government haven't responded anything yet in uh, in support of farmers. Yes, yeah. they haven't done anything yet. Why not? Why don't they care about what the farmers want? Modi, he's acting as a dictator. Mm. <laughs> to be very frank, as an Indian, I know in the world, the largest democracy or democratic, it's in India. Mm-hmm. But if you'll see to this government, I would say he's the biggest dictator or trying to be a dictator in the world, mm. which is unacceptable, of course. Because, yeah. again, everyone has their own... I mean, like here, they're trying to shut off the water. I we would say government makes law for people. But if that law is not ac- being accepted or not acceptable for fee- for people, then what's doesn't make any sense to make that law, right? Yeah. Or bring that thing in, whatever they're trying to do. So you see a real parallel between what's happening pretty much in same, India yeah, and water is. here. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, both governments are trying to kill the farmer. Mm. Yes. What do they do for water back in India? What's, what tends are there water supply issues? I mean, it's a hot and dry place in many parts yes, of the country. Yes, there is. Um, well, like here we have drip systems. Of mm-hmm. course, again, that thing is really efficient. It saves water. In yep. India, uh, we have wheat and... Um, rice farming and uh, in that field the way we water over there we just turn on the tube bell or the motor and then it just the water goes to the whole field mm. and all it's basically it's an open water thing yeah yeah so that thing and uh, rice crop it takes a lot of water to grow yeah yeah i mean yeah waters are going down and down in india but again that's the thing if the government even the government over there they can work so many things. I mean, if a government wants to do something in a good or a proper way, it can be done if they really want to. If they don't, then mm-hmm. there are so many, you know, uh, I would say there are so many things they can say that um, they will just pretend. I mean, everything has a solution. Like yeah. even here, if they want to shut down the water, I would say instead of shutting down the water, find a better solution for everyone, for fishes as well, for farmers as well. Yeah. I mean, why would you save a fish and losing a farmer on the other hand. And why would you save a farmer and then losing the fish on the other hand? Instead of doing that, why not save both? Absolutely. Right? Do something that can be helpful uh, helpful for both things, right? Absolutely. Yep. So why don't you think that's happening? What's I mean, you talked about kind of what you think the motivation is behind what's happening in India. What do you it's think all, that what, what do you think the story is here? What what is going all, on with people that uh, they can't figure this out so far what i think it's all about politics and votes mm. i mean uh they're targeting one community you know they're saying we're trying to save this community by shutting uh, letting this community go away i mean in india like i've seen uh, even uh, here though i've seen some government officials they do politics based on religion right mm. Based on yep. religion, which is yep. again, which is just for votes. I mean, those are just politic statement, political statements by a political person. But they don't think whatever they say from their office or from a government office, whatever they say on the live telecast or by interview, that affects a lot on the people. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that change here? How do we get this solved? Uh, I would say government should come into the field, on the ground. They see what how a farmer is doing 
how i mean uh, just an example like when i do herbicide there's a creek going on by my field mm-hmm. i never do fi- mixing over there there's yeah. a reason because i don't want to pollute the water yeah. i always trying to be away as much as i could yeah. normally i mix my mixture over here i don't go by the creek to mi- mix my herbicide mm-hmm. the main reason is yeah because i don't want to spill even a single drop of herbicide yeah. into the creek because i know uh fish has a life too they have yeah. hard to i don't want to kill them right yeah, yeah. plus it's expensive yes yeah. <laughs> you don't <laughs> yeah. want to waste it yeah. <laughs> but to be very frank i don't know the price i'm a vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> but again yeah life matters yeah yeah for everyone's life matters not just one right yeah, yeah. oh no i mean the the herbicide isn't cheap yeah right? it is yeah you don't want to waste any of that yeah <laughs> but well i mean the way i think i would um, rather waste the chemical instead of you know letting it spill in a creek or trying yeah. to harm something yeah. and of course i don't want to do that i mean i when i've got my pesticide license uh, from department of agriculture uh, i've read all the handbook pro- in a in really proper way and then um, i've noticed what can harm how can it be harm So I mean it has all the descriptions how to do everything in a proper way and then I am following it. And there are a lot of rules to follow. How do you oh, yes. how do you keep track of them all? Um cause uh, uh to be very frank um uh, all the chemigation or herbicide I do it by myself. Yeah. Yeah, I so don't you tell have any, control. Yeah, I yeah. don't tell anyone even my dad I don't tell him to do it because by age I don't want my dad cause I don't want my dad um, you know let's say if he mix something let's say if he forgot to wear gloves and then apparently he sneezes it or something <laughs> so i i do it on my uh, it, by myself i don't uh, allow anyone else to do the herbicide or any chemical that can harm yep so you're pretty focused on on the environment yes protecting it with your i farming. try to protect as much as i could yes because even my religion in sikhism we have a one prayer which is called japji sahib mm. in that on the really last line uh, those are in punjabi uh, it is um, i'll i'll tell it in punjabi language yeah, for sure pavan guru pani pita mata tarat mohat which means pavan is air that's our god and then uh, the water we treat is as a father mm. the earth we treat is as a mother mm. so basically it's uh, it's all about environment yeah. and there's um, another prayer which we call arti that's again um, if you do uh, there's a translation in english it's mm-hmm. all it's all about um, environment yeah stewardship and taking, yes yes and the main the reason earth. i love environment um, when i was a kid in india we used to have so much greenery over there so many plants and then as of right now the government um, you know they they focused on infrastructure mm-hmm. they focused on development uh, what happened uh, they've cut so many trees which mm-hmm. is now people are noticing it when summer comes in it's really hot mm. the main reason i love whatcom county greenery yeah yeah and then uh, the way everyone save the plants here and then even um, as a farmer we love to do planting i mean we try to plant around the field as much as we could just to have more greenery as much as i could yep it's a lot to to think about if you think about the whole system right mm-hmm. and how our food is produced and all the things that have to happen and just one or two things can go wrong whether it's politics or whether it's a 
problem with the well <laughs> <laughs> that can stop that food from from growing, right? Uh, well, again, I would say our government should think about that. If there is water, then there is food. If there's no water, then there will be no food. Well, thank you for sharing your story and good luck to you as uh, you're in that hard time where in some ways maybe there's not as much work with oh, blueberries yes, yes. No, because yeah. you're just waiting, but it's a hard time because you're probably impatient and hoping that everything works so you can start reaping some of the benefits. Oh, yes. And I mean, uh, even investment. as a citizen of Whatcom County, I would like to I would love to help the way I could. I would really love to help the farmer even the fishery person everyone cuz i don't want i don't want the fishery will be out of business and i don't either want the farmer will be out of business i want everyone i want every everyone should stay in this business and then they get what they expect to get and then what they should get they should get right water i mean uh it's just politics again <laughs> cuz yeah. by shutting off the water it, it's not going to do anything at all yeah. there are so many other things that they can do to help the farmer and then to help the fishery personnel as well. Well, thank you again for having me out here. No, really thank you, Dylan, I, for your time. Yeah, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yep, I do. <laughs> this is the Real Food, Real People podcast. These are the stories of the people who grow your food. 